Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World and which is the Supreme Resort. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park, hotel by hotel, huh? to determine which is better. I'm your host, Jimmy, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me to help find the answer is Jeremy from Spectral Radio. Hey, Jeremy. Hi, we're gonna we're gonna solve it tonight. No one's yeah. gonna be left guessing. <laughs> this is it. This is the this is the final episode. Yeah. Just gonna know. <laughs> well, no, just because you know, right. I've got like this, thirty more. This debate will rage for eternity. I think. Like the Haunted Mansions. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's settled. That's settled there, business. <laughs> are there speed ramps in this hotel? <laughs> uh, and from very annual pass holders, Dan. Poof! Now I'm here. Hey, Jimmy, is your hey. microphone hooked up? Come on. <laughs> okay, guys, we have they know. feedback. We have feedback. Uh-oh. You ready for this? Okay. Oh. Dan? Yeah. Get ready. Uh-oh. Awesome banter. Well thought out structure and so much fun. I am a oh. devoted, loyal, some might say obsessive podcast listener. And after listening, after discovering this gem, I put all my other podcasts on a temporary hold and binged every episode. Wow. Despite not being a diehard Disneyland or Disney World person, this is someone who's not even a diehard fan. Wow. <laughs> and because this person is, uh, by the way, a star 41632, five-star review, uh, Jimmy and Dan and Jeremy, we got mentioned. Yay, we exist. Makes me, they make me want to head to both coasts to explore the history and hidden treasures both magical kingdoms have to offer and see if I agree with their Heated debates. I Can't wait so. for the next one to drop. Thank you, Star 41632. In, in an unrelated story, we connected with our friend Hillary from high school. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's, she lives in San Francisco, and she's going to mail us sourdough bread. She makes sourdough, and she's going to mail it to us. Oh, that that's sweet? nice. Is she going to yeah. wait? Is she going to mail you an actual bread? Yeah, or she's is she going to mail you the starter because that's what everybody's Ooh. doing right now—the starter oh, yeast thing. Oh, interesting! And then you can just keep making bread; it just keeps going and going. For you, there, there are uh, from what my friend told me, there are some starter sourdough yeasts that go back forty years, fifty years. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's the so mother you can bread. Have like the lineage. Oh, that's bread. so brilliant. Maybe both. Well, she can send us the bread, and she could send Jeremy the starter, Ooh, and then he could go. send us more bread. <laughs> I love this idea. I'm all about it. It's a little convoluted, uh, but you know, consider the yeah, source. Sure. It's quite what a network of bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bread network. Uh all right. So bread works aside, I, I wanted to point out that this is mostly a podcast about the arts, right? I think we mm-hmm. can agree mm-hmm. we talk a lot about theater. This is about the arts. <laughs> so we've we've formed the Supreme Band. Oh, yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. And we are going to play a little song for you. For those of you who listen to Ears Up, you know that Jeremy is quite uh, quite a master of the recorder. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and so he has suggested we all play a tune. Dan's got his... Uh, it's a concertina. It a concertina. I got it at the thrift I, store for $6, and it sure sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my six-year-old's um, xylophone. Is yes. that what this is called? And we are going to play the Exitensio. Is it Baker also that wrote the music? Tensio wrote the lyrics? I don't. I mean, that's how they usually worked. I don't know if it is, but I, let's go with it. 
Oh, yes, it is. Yo-ho. <laughs> yes, Yo-ho. it is. Now, before the we pirates. go with this, I need to remind everybody that I have an actual degree in music composition. <laughs> Remember, he's playing the concertina, which is kind of like an accordion. Yes. This is in the key of C, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's see. Uh, you got to count, count it off. Down? I'm, I'm going to. Just okay. I don't know. Turn up that phone, everybody. You need a metronome. Nah. All right, here we go. On the count of three. <laughs> That's one, not how you count people two. off. Yeah, it's, not, I don't, it's, it's not one, two, three, four, right? It's been five, so long. Is six, it a waltz? Five, six, seven, eight. Okay. okay ready? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Okay. Five, six, seven, eight. for applause hold for applause <laughs> that was fun good job guys that was good that was, that was good the important <laughs> thing is that we had fun doing it i we think did. star 41129 is gonna be like can you get back to the banter because the music sucks <laughs> <laughs> just throwing bread at the speakers that's right <laughs> I, I said i would send you bread <laughs> never mind um, all right, everybody. So we have some very great partners on our show. We uh, we have the Patreon. If you go to Ears Up uh, Podcast on Patreon, you can support the show. Just a couple of dollars a month gets you access to a secret show, gets you access to very annual pass holders, and there's all kinds of extra stuff you can get by just paying a few dollars a month to support us in this troubling time. Uh, you can go to earsup.com and go to our Amazon link. I just bought a bunch of stuff for my wife for Mother's Day using the Amazon link. didn't cost me an extra penny, but helps the show and the network. Is go it going to get there on time? It, it, Did you buy it has, that today? Well, I bought it for Easter, and um, <laughs> oh. I got it yesterday. <laughs> so now it's for Mother's Day. Oh, good. <laughs> um. And the concierge, concierge is our official travel partner. I'd like you to, I'd recommend, now they're booking uh, reservations after June 1st at Disney World and I think Disneyland, but you know who knows if they're going to be open. But the concierge desk is a blog written by several people, including our friend Eric Johnson. There's a lot of great articles on there, so I highly recommend you go there and uh, support them because they support us. That's all I'm going to say about that. And you can listen to Ears Up. Ears up in depth with our very own Jeremy, the Supreme Resort, which you're listening to now. The Supreme Resort presents Cash Grab, a podcast about straight-to-video Disney sequels. The first one has had quite a few listens, and uh, a lot of people like it. It's it's something that more people can relate to, Jeremy, because like this show is very specific about you know the theme parks, and if you're not a super nerd about both, it's it's maybe harder to listen to. But mm-hmm. uh, cash grab, anybody can relate to it because you know who doesn't love a straight to video sequel? Uh, All right, uh, me. Wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode is about uh, Aladdin and the Return of Jafar, which mm-hmm. is the first straight to video. The second episode will release in May. It's uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it will be uh, the Beauty and the Beast, the Enchanted Bell's Enchanted Christmas. I oh think. dear! It was, we, we've recorded. <laughs> that doesn't it. It's, sound good. It's, it's uh, wonderful. It's delightful. Oh, they're all delightful. Um, 
and then after that, I think is Bell's in Magical World. I we haven't watched it yet, but I'm sure it's a precious gem. Well, you're so prolific. <laughs> yeah, Do you know. Yeah, we're also stuck That's at it. home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, very annual pass holders and sabers and superpowers. A lot of shows on the old ears up. <laughs> network. Yes, it's getting quite. Quite heavy. I'm actually recording in depth as soon as we're done recording this. Oh, oh wow! I mean, let's let's just, get to it then, because you got just, some serious Disney news to not report. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, past show corrections, guys. Um, this is covers a couple of different shows, mostly about the gadgets go coaster. Um, we talked about the Jungle Cruise and the Jungle Cruise <laughs> movie, and or like the. Who is going to star? I forget what it was, but we we said it was going to be Wilford Brimley, <laughs> and it turns out it turns out that's not going to be the case. Oh. No, so um, basic. No, we t- it was it was the Jungle Cruise. Barbara but- Mandrell. <laughs> no, I remember what it was. It was the Pirates of the Caribbean reboot. Yes, on the Jungle Cruise episode. Oh, and yes. we thought Wilford Brimley was going to be the new Jack the new Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, and now he's alive, and he could technically do it. Um, he's eighty-five years young, and he was also born in Salt Lake City, Utah, like many of the greatest people on earth. But it is going to be Zac Efron. Mm-hmm. Yes, but we did learn that uh, Wilford Brimley is a staunch defender of cockfighting. Yes, so maybe he shouldn't be. <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, I think pointed this out before, but I did a little research. Want to go a little more further. Disneyland Paris does not have a jungle cruise attraction due to the cold temperature and weather in Northern France. Many of, uh, because many copies of the jungle cruise attractions exist in other French theme parks, like copies, similar type rides, uh, French guests might be used to the experience and not find it exciting. So an indoor Jeep ride called jungle expedition was originally planned at opening of the park was canceled due to financial difficulties. If I'm not mistaken, if you remember this, Jeremy, I, th- I think it was a, um, you know, the guy who designed Disneyland Paris, uh, Imagineer, Wilford famous guy, Wilford Brimley. No, <laughs> Zach Efron. <laughs> you know, uh, not Joe Rogan. It was Rudy. a Tom. No, what was it? Uh, oh, Joe Rogan. Stop yelling at your phone. We can get there. <laughs> um, he has a mustache. Eddie Soto? Like, no, he's like the most famous guy. He's He did the whole Disneyland Paris. Burt Reynolds. God dang it, man. <laughs> Gregory Pat. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to it. That's another past show correction for another show. Anyway, it was his idea, and I think there was like an Indiana Jones thing and a train going through like three different attractions as one show building. Tony Maybe Baxter. that was the original. Tom Tony Kim? Baxter. Oh. Thank you. Jeez. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They don't have it in Paris. Oh, boy. That's and a long way to get to <laughs> that. Took a long <laughs> well, that's similar uh, to why at Disney World, they never opened an all-Gator Park, because Gator World's like right down the street. That's true. Yeah, that, you know, that was a Joe Rohde project, yeah. the Gator, Gator Park. <laughs> um, so in Hong Kong, we talked about the, the queue takes place in a – this is Jungle Cruise again – a small boathouse of the Jungle Navigation Company, and they do have three separate queues. It's English, Cantonese, or Mandarin. That's confirmed. On the Gadgets Go Coaster, there is only one train on Gadgets. I said there were two. There's only one. There is not a cage in all the videos, so that must have been temporary. There was a, a cage in the exit, but anyway. However, and free Imagineering idea if anyone's listening. Imagineering. Put a cage mm-hmm. in the exit. The you never know. Uh, Gadget is a mouse. Confirm that. And uh, uh, Eric said something about man spreading or man sitting. 
And this is evidently a practice of men sitting in public transport with legs wide apart. Oh, yes. Thereby covering more than one seat. This is new information to me. Do you, do you have experience with this, either of you? Mm, well, this is the, Yeah, probably. This is the New York City subway. Oh, okay. This is, this is where you get a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of man spreading. A lot of man spreading. All right. There's also a lot um, of COVID spreading on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> evidently, yeah. yeah. It's a, um, okay, and finally... Disneyland Railroad, it is Mickey's Toontown Depot, not Fantasyland Depot. Now, mm. you can all relax, take a deep <laughs> breath. We got it right. All right, so today's show is the case of the Grand Hotels, Floridian v. Californian. These are both grand hotels and <laughs> named after the state in which they exist. Oh, I thought they were named after... Uh Joseph Grand. <laughs> I was going to go with Pillsbury Dis- Biscuits, Grand Biscuits. <laughs> yes. The Pillsbury Grand Floridian. <laughs> Sir Albert what Grand. Gra- what, what's it? I like that. Like, like Albert Falls. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was going <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah. Steve Grand <laughs> and his hotels. so biscuity fresh. <laughs> <laughs> what is a, a Pillsbury's Grand Floridian Biscuit? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you could make that. You could put, like, maybe it needs a zest of orange. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, technically, Orange County, California, too. You could put orange in well, both. I was thinking of tying – I was more thinking of, like, how – because, like, the little orange bird was, like, the oh, yes. mascot yes. of mm. Disney World for a time. That's where I was going with that. See, Got was, it. That and that's Also, smart. it's, like, the like that's where they grow most – like, a lot of citrus. That's true. See, I was going to go with it. It's cooked for you by a guy on meth that's cheating the government out of money and <laughs> with that a tracks. mullet. Yeah, yeah, that tracks. But, Although to be fair, isn't Disneyland built on an old orange grove? So I guess there's, like, yes. I guess there's, citrus yeah, that's what I was getting at. Is well. the citrus yeah. thing? But I get All what you're right. saying, and and we'll do a, an official episode about the little orange bird at some point. Um, maybe, okay, maybe the orange bird will be a guest. You never know. We're still waiting for Stacy. <laughs> we we are indeed. Our 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 friend uh, who's making us bread said, uh, "Is Stacy an actual person?" <laughs> <laughs> and yes, she very much is. We're still waiting for the call, Stacy. We we still watch you. There's nothing to, not in that way. That not like sound a sound weird at all. Creepy way. <laughs> Just come on the show. We could we could use a. Anyway, you're so bubbly. You're so bubbly and happy. We could we could use some of that bubble. Um, okay, so Jeremy will be arguing for the Grand Floridian, and I will be arguing for the Grand Californian. Dan will be our judge. And um, if we're going to do sounds, so we forgot about sounds. Um, you ready you for were, that? Yeah, we're going to do sounds. I'm ready. Okay, if Grand <laughs> Floridian, who which came first, yes. gets a point, you will hear. Aruba, That's, right. That's right. And do you want to explain to the listeners why you chose that song? Because um, just before the Grand Floridian opened, the Beach Boys filmed the majority of that music video to Kokomo. That's that's Kokomo, by the Kokomo, way. Kokomo, don't yeah. know that. Um, they filmed the music video to Kokomo at the Grand Floridian. That is amazing trivia. That's why people listen. Mm-hmm. And was John Stamos in this video? He he was in the video. Yes. He, would, he was not playing the drums. Right. At the time. He was just like hanging no. out, right? He was hanging out. He would like I think he like actually was on a xylophone at one point, like you were mm-hmm. before. I believe. I have to I haven't watched it in a little while. 
you That's got, what he was doing. You know what you need to do? You need to learn Kokomo. Oh my god! I've tried to learn Kokomo on the recorder, oh. and I'll tell you, it's not actually. It's not a very easy song. I can imagine because that's a good concertina song. Anything, oh, sure. anything Mike Love, Mike Love touches is good for a concertina. That's <laughs> what the, I've been saying that for years. Aruba, so that's why the Grand okay. Floridian is getting Kokomo. Okay, thank you for that. And if the Grand Californian gets a point, you will hear this sound. Animals rule. Yes, I don't know why we chose that. <laughs> That's from Grizz- it's from Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man. That's right. That is a fine film <laughs> about a man, uh, just a normal gentleman, who flew to Alaska every summer mm-hmm. to spend time with grizzly bears in a wildlife sanctuary. In a wildlife sanctuary, and um, was uh, spoilers uh, eaten by a grizzly bear. <laughs> it's not funny. It's like grizzlies in the mist. Totally. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it, you should watch it. It's an interesting totally. show. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So uh, first, before we get started, one of the things about the show that I really enjoy, obviously, just the detail about things, which makes us all love the parks, and it's just the specific details. And what's really interesting about – we chose this episode, Grand v. Grand, because of the t- name of the hotel – but what I hadn't really considered was that these architectural styles are diametrically opposed. Like they could not be more opposite from each other. So Dan has done some research and he's going to share kind of what the fundamental differences are. Not which is better or worse just because it's hard to say art is better or worse because it's so subjective. But what is arts and crafts and what is Victorian architecture? And just kind of give a little, little right. blurb about each. Well, this is just a very casual <clears throat> overview. The Victorian style comes from you know, Queen Victoria, who was a queen and she was real. Um, during her rule of England, a lot of people were focused on stability and order. And like there was a right way to do everything. Um, cultural norms were like basically your identity was tied up in like how you behaved, who you talked to, your race, your gender, your class. And it's it, – I think when I explain it, anyone who knows my inclinations – probably going to sound like I'm being critical of it, but it, uh, it that's not necessarily the case. Um, so everything has a place and a hierarchy. There's There was something called the great chain of being with like God at the top, angels just below it, and people just below uh, the angels. So the, because everything has a place and everything has, has an, an order and it's all kind of like – predestined then we get to a place where of course we have to split we don't we have to in air quotes split off the all the people into okay who's who's the upper class who's the middle class who's the lower class and then you know if you it's a very conservative time but at the same time people want to show the the things that they have they want to show that they identify with these classes so you know it's rather than it just being fancy because it's fancy it's fan things are fancy because like they're sh- they're they're showing you that it's fancy it's like over the top um <clears throat> a lot of morality class structure got all of that uh so then we have on the other side uh, is uh, the arts and crafts movement, which is which to me, I just did some some shorthand here. It really ties into romanticism and where it's like mankind against the world, and it's about the struggle. It's about finding your own way. It's about doing, you know, finding this this 
stick on the ground and making a piece of furniture out of it because you can, you know, you're, you are, um, showing your mastery over your world rather than, you know, confining yourself to the expectations of the culture around you. Mm -hmm. It's real basic, like around this time too, that's when like a lot of people are talking about like traditional conservative, political conservative values and traditional liberal values where like, it really does come down to, at least for me, again, the shorthand, um, it comes down to who are we when left alone in nature to the, the uh, arts and crafts sort of mentality, it's we're okay. We can make it. We, we can find our own way. The, 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 the struggle is the point and we'll make it. But then like to the more Victorian uh, point of view, it's like, no, we need structure. We need to have order. We, there is a way to do things. And if we don't do this, then we're going to just be out there killing each other and being crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I that thank you for that. That's very succinct, and it makes a lot of sense. And I think I don't know if you'll agree with me, Jeremy. That I think both hotels execute their style very well. It feels like. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Um, I mean, we'll get into right that uh, the Grand Floridian is is Victorian, um, but they were they were very careful not to be historical too historically accurate right. because it wouldn't <laughs> really fit in Florida. Yeah. Right. Um, so they, they had to take a lot of liberties and they, it's, it's a fantasy version of Victorian. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk, I talk a bit more yep. about that as we get into it, but, um, but Great. I don't know how, um, it, I don't like, I don't know if they took that same approach with grand Californian or if they were, what did they have that or were they, were, were they trying to be re- like really like, you know, like animal kingdom tries to be super, like authentic, I guess is the well, right word. Were, were they trying to be authentic with California? The the arts and crafts movement had a huge uh, movement in California, so it, mm. there was more of a, a need or not need. There was it meant more to actually be very authentic with it. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, uh, full disclosure, I worked for the Maloof Foundation for a while. Some people know what that is, uh, and. Not the owners of the Sacramento Kings. Not them, no. Um, A famous woodworker who was working in that style. And, you know, that's why I was drawn to this initially is I just – I just – I heard arts and crafts and I was like, oh, wow. Mm. And then like a lot of people don't even know what that is like you were saying, you know. Yeah, macaroni and yarn. Yeah, it's a a hotel made out of yarn and and macaroni. (laughs) Um, Well, that's funny because I've heard when you take the monorail from Tomorrowland to the Disneyland or the the stop over there Mm – um, they talk about they say, oh, this is of the you know nineteen twenties arts and crafts period, and I was I always in my head was like, why did they call it arts and crafts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was so that, also that's why I wanted Dan to, and, and you know, but right. they're kind of mm-hmm. interchangeable at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and now that he's explained it, a lot more of the research makes a lot more sense. But anyway, so Grand Floridian, which is uh, modeled after a hotel in San Diego, mm-hmm. um, goes first. <laughs> okay. Um, it's actually modeled after several hotels. Uh, okay, Disney ahead. Grand Floridian Resort and Spa opened in June of 1988 as Disney's Grand Floridian Beach Resort. The sprawling deluxe resort is the flagship resort at Walt Disney World inspired by late 19th century Victorian seaside resorts. Its mm. architecture is heavily inspired by the Hotel del Coronado in California and the Mount Washington Resort in New Hampshire. It oh. is considered, uh, did I say this, Disney's flagship and its most opulent the th- Indeed. So, 
something that's happening now, if you haven't been to Florida, um, you'll know or you won't know, but that the Magic Kingdom sits on a large lake, man-made lake called the Seven Seas Lagoon. Um, and you have three deluxe resort hotels that sit on that. And one of them is the they so they each rep, 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 represent an area of the park. Right. The Contemporary Resort evokes feelings of Tomorrowland. Disney's Polynesian Village represents Adventureland. And the Grand Floridian reflects the aesthetic and time period represented on Main Street, USA. Yeah, if I can interrupt real quick, um, just just to expand on your point, because I don't think you're I don't think you have it in your anyway, uh, the the Seven Seas Lagoon. So the Magic Kingdom is on the second floor. It's 14 feet above ground level. Uh-huh. And you have all the utilidors underneath. And that ground that put it on the second story came from the dirt that formed the Seven Seas Lagoon. Yes, that's true. But because they started at the top, all of the dry earth that they dug up ended up on the bottom. And all the wet stuff that was closer to the water table ended up on the top. So the top of the Magic Kingdom land was all marshy and goopy. And that was a very difficult time for Bill Evans and his uh, mm. agriculture team. But anyway... That's just okay. elaboration, so go ahead. From the moment guests arrive beneath the resort's stately portico, Disney's Grand Floridian wows with its meticulous Victorian details. Bellman in knickerbockers and derby caps greet guests as ragtime music fills the air, um, or ragtime music typical of the era fills the atmosphere. So that's sort of the intro, and then I think kind of like we've talked about these before, I talk about the lobby and the food we go, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's how my structure yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like, I can continue, or if Dan has his intro. <laughs> no, I, I'm Jimmy, and I'm going to do mine. Okay, they did it's not. It's only been uh, all, 17 okay, episodes. But I will, <laughs> because we have to re-record this episode. <laughs> You're right. Sorry. And he did. So that I'm, I'm going to do it because <laughs> he did. It's very, very fair. But I decided to mix it up so we weren't try to rehash too much stuff. So, the Grand Californian. Built in the rustic stone and timber style of the Grand National Park Lodges is the flagship property at the Disneyland Resort. Newer, more elaborately themed, and closer to the theme parks in downtown Disney than the other two on-property hotels, the Grand Californian is without a doubt the best place to stay if you can afford it. The Grand Californian Hotel is the crown jewel of Disneyland's resort's three hotels (laughs) with its shingle siding, rock foundations, cavernous hoonbeam lobby, polished hardwood floors, and cozy hearths. The hotel is a stately combination of elements from Western National Park Lodges. Designed by architect Peter Dominic, who also designed the Wilderness Lodge at Walt Disney World, and the Grand Californian is rendered in the arts and crafts style of the early 20th century. With such classic features as flying roofs, projecting beams, massive buttresses, and an earth tone color palette we strongly encourage visitors <laughs> with an interest in architecture uh-huh. to take the fascinating so you, and free <laughs> jimmy what did you do to my notes <laughs> uh, nothing uh free hour-long cra- you can get a free hour-long art and craft walking tour of the resort offered several times each week through the guest services desk <laughs> All right. This is it's most reminiscent of the uh, Ahawani or Ahawani Hotel at Yosemite National Park. The Grand Californian combines rugged craftsmanship and grand scale with functional design and intimate spaces. Pull up a vintage rocker in front of the blazing fire, 
and the bustling lobby instantly becomes a snug cabin. In 2018, the Grand Californian's rooms received a much-needed top-to-bottom upgrade. Lighting has been drastically improved. USB charging outlets are plentiful. The decor has been dressed, uh, freshened up, and more storage space has been added. So I'm just saying. The hotel's main entrance of, off of Disneyland Drive is primarily for vehicular traffic, but the most important, there's a two-way pedestrian-only entrance spaces into downtown Disney and Disney's California Adventure. This, the last makes it a cinch to return to the hotel from DCA for a nap, a swim, or lunch. Walking time to the Disneyland Park, four minutes. Mic drop. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think that's anything's worth a point. That was just a nice little overview. Yeah. So tell us about the lobby. The stunning five-story lobby of the Grand Floridian dazzles with ornate chandeliers, stained glass skylights, a grand piano, and sweeping staircases. This well-appointed lobby features tufted sofas and wingback chairs upholstered in ornate fabrics and a white birdcage elevator, which is like mm. a really iconic kind of yeah. thing. Um, and actually, there's also a Chinese birdcage that's really on the, on, to the other side. Um, which is right. just sort of like a gilded, beautiful birdcage. But then on the other side, you have the, the birdcage elevator that takes you up to the next level. Um, as well, at Christmas time, it boasts a life-size gingerbread house whose sweet aromas permeate the lobby throughout the holiday season. Ooh. It is pretty cool. It, it's actually made of gingerbread. Like the whole thing is made of gingerbread and people like work in it. They work in it. You can buy gingerbread from it. And um, this is just a side note. One of, if you're ever at Disney World during Christmas time or from Veterans Day onward, basically, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a nice activity, especially if, if you're trying to stretch out your vacation and you don't want to buy tickets to a park. Go around and you don't have to just go to the, the resorts that are on the monorail, but most of the resorts do a gingerbread house. And it's a really nice, tr- nice kind of tour. Yeah. You can go around and just visit all the gingerbread houses. But as uh, the Grand Floridian is the crown jewel of the many resorts at Walt Disney World, so too is their life-size gingerbread house. It, it's, uh, it blows them all out of the water. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. My, my mother-in-law will come to us, come with us on a Disney World vacation for four or five days or whatever, and she won't get a ticket for more than just a day. And the rest of the time, she just goes around to the hotels, checks out the lobbies yeah. and stuff. It's, there's a lot to see. There is a lot to so see. They, they, um, so you, when you go and buy the gingerbread... At this gingerbread house, they just they just peel the chunk off the wall. <laughs> no, they have it packaged. Also, so, um, if you but can th- guarantee that they are not witches trying to trick you into coming in and eating <laughs> and getting full and making a pie out of you, then I think that's point worthy. Oh, that's a good point. Oh my word! Aruba, Jamaica. Oh well, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> you just like Kokomo. <laughs> Okay, the Grand Californian Lobby. I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) The Los Angeles design firm IntraDesign were responsible for the resort's interiors. Um, They even helped incorporate the integration of mechanical, electrical, and plumbing systems in an aesthetic manner that was historically correct and in keeping with the appearance of the references um, that the design of the Grand Floridian was based on. They wanted to create a feeling of fantasy and escapism, of beachfront hotels, wicker chairs, and mint juleps. 
It wasn't meant to be a true recreation or a historically accurate recreation of a Victorian resort, as I said earlier, but rather a fantasy influenced by that era. Just like Main Street USA isn't a historically accurate representation of a turn-of-the-century Main Street, neither is the Grand Floridian, meant Mm. to be a living historical account of a certain time. Hmm. Rather Mm -hmm. than using traditional Victorian color palettes, um, which use really strong, vibrant colors, um, and if you think (laughs) of like... Um, tassels and fringe, just like really, in, like you were saying before, dance really in your face. Um, they backed off that a little bit because this is supposed to be a bit more casual. Mm. It is a bit more casual. It's for Disney World resorts. Um, and instead of using those vibrant, dark colors of the Victorian era, the interiors here were instead selected from pastels and colors like terracotta, dark peach, and mossy and mint greens. The lobby is adorned with extensive marble and multi-million dollar works of art Ooh. that some which were des- some which were acquired and some were specifically designed by the design firm to complement the uh, the lobby. The designers were concerned that coming off the monorail and entering this massive main building of the Grand Floridian from the second floor would be a bit disorienting. To resolve that issue, they included landmarks such as the cage-like elevator, a Chinese-style birdcage, a grand staircase, and unifying elements um, with restrained, subtly repeating colors. All of these helped to create simultaneous senses of awe, whimsy, and contentment and familiarity. Capping off this impressive lobby are two 16-foot-tall, airy, fern-decorated chandeliers hanging gracefully 40 feet above the lobby floor and each weighing in at one ton. Wow. The the three large stained-glass domes, two of which support the chandeliers, are not glass at all. It was Hmm. determined that due to the height and weight, as well as cost, the design firm would have to come up with an alternative that faithfully mimicked the qualities of stained glass, but weighed and cost much less. Hmm. I wonder if also the like high winds and hurricanes took a part in that decision. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, would make sense. Very nice. Well, that is very interesting. So the the Grand Floridian. I don't know if you guys know this, but I got married there. <laughs> oh my! Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you <laughs> haven't mentioned that. I think at least within the last ten minutes. <laughs> I'm sure that'll come up later. It's like a shot timer, you know. That's right. <laughs> the shot game. Uh, I'm proud of my wife. What can I say? Um, all right. So are you done she with co- doesn't come up as much in these stories as the wedding and the actual being at the Grand Floridian does, though. Well, she was there. So I, by proxy, I was also she there. comes up. Dan are was you there proud too. of Dan? So every- I am proud of Dan. And- he was my bestie. Yeah. He was my best man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the lobby of the Grand Californian. The front doors were inspired by the Gamble House. Now, the Gamble House, also known as the David B. Gamble House, is an iconic American craftsman home in Pasadena, California. It was designed by architectural firm Green & Green. There was just the two greens. Uh, which opens with large stained glass doors. Actual stained glass. The design of the stained glass is to show what the forest would look like if, it, if the giant bungalow home was not there. The scene shows Grizzly Peak, surrounded by forest. Craftsman homes often had a garden theme. For the Grand Californian, the theme was taken from a garden idea and scaled up so that the garden became a forest. The reception hall is based on the interior of the Schwedenburgen Church mm-hmm. in San Francisco, increased in scale to accommodate the large reception desk. 
anonymous artists were commissioned to create their work in the arts and crafts style to complement the hotel's design. The central lobby is a bungalow living room dome in immense scale with vast arching open beams overhead and furnished with chairs and sofas arranged around the small coffee tables. A grand piano and oversized fireplace invite guests to take a relaxing break. The open room is designed as the clearing through the forest. The open beams above represent branches. The floor design recognizes poppy, the California state flower, with hand-woven tapestries and mosaic tile work that seamlessly blend together. Around the lobby are four cabinets, each cabinet completely different except for the dimensions. They were designed by four different craftsmen who each put their own personal touches in their work. Many of the items found throughout the hotel have been handcrafted by modern practitioners of the arts and crafts movement using traditional techniques. Some early Roycroft items are on display in the lobby. Roycroft was a, a reformist community of craft workers and artists, which formed part of the arts and crafts movement in the United States. And I have more about the exterior, unless you have exterior stuff, Jeremy. Go ahead. Okay, so the exterior. There are more exposed beams and chandeliers with a forest motif extend the woodland theme in the giant lobby. Oh, I'm sorry, and Jimmy. For- I, had a, I had a question about the grand piano. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it a biscuit? <laughs> it's, it's Pillsbury's grand piano. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, I just got that. Cinnamon. Yeah, and yeah. I'm back. I was like, what is he talking about? Is it a biscuit? And then I'm like, is, the, is that like like a Steinway? Is that like a kind of piano? Yeah, exactly. It's either Steinway or a biscuit or a Yamaha. Or a Yamaha. It's, a, it's, a Pillsbury. it's a Pillsbury Grand Piano. Uh, this is a, it's more of a cinnamon roll. But anyway, so exposed beams. Uh, uh, so more exposed beams and chandeliers with a forest motif extend the woodland theme into the giant lobby. And from there, it continues outside the hotel with the green roof capping the underlay to represent the tree's leaves. The Brisa Courtyard, also known as the Wedding Courtyard, this courtyard is on the north side of the hotel. And so the walls are painted a very light green color. This color represents moss since moss tends to grow on the north side of trees. Timothy Burroughs was another designer brought on board who fashioned three metal gates, the Sun Gate, the Moon Gate, and the Arbor Gate. That's downtown Disney District's entrance to the hotels, the Arbor Gate. The Moon Gate sits on the north side of the pool. When closed, the moon image aligns with Disney's California Adventures Mickey's Fun Wheel. But 15 years later, the growth of trees have obscured that image. So, yeah, but you know the point. Well, and that probably would have been cool or because it wasn't Mickey's fun wheel, right? Like, wasn't it back then the sun wheel? Like, oh, it didn't yeah. have Mickey it on it. So the yeah, sun and the moon. That makes a lot of sense. Um, kind yeah. of. That's neat. Yeah, it is. It's really well done. Uh, the arts and crafts movement theme ske- stretches into the adjoining restaurants of the hotel as well. Storytellers Cafe. Uh, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So the, the style kind of extends throughout the resort beyond the lobby. <clears throat> okay. So. Um, Sounds like a delight. <laughs> Charming. Um okay, I think the adherence to the style is very sounds to be very very intentional and very religious in 
small r religious in California adventure. And I want to give it. I want to give it. Rec- uh, sorry, Disney's Grand California. Before we get to past show corrections, um, <laughs> and I want to give it recognition for that. And I feel like this is the only place where that can happen. So, gonna give give okay. it a point for that. Okay. Animals rule. Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like Florida has a, it might have a lot more to work with. I fundamentally disagree. Okay. You don't want that point? <laughs> we can take it away. No, I, I accept I accept the point. <laughs> well, you disagree Jeremy, with it. it's your turn. What are we talking about? Well, what else do I love to do at a hotel? I like to eat. Mm. Severin, Severin, different <laughs> dining options offer something for everyone, including the most discerning diners you could find. Mm-hmm. Named after, and it's nice that Dan gave us this history victoria and albert who queen victoria mm-hmm. and her prince, prince consort albert. was prince albert uh mm-hmm. victoria and alberts is a triple a five diamond award-winning restaurant and has been since the year 2000 a top tier dining experience not expected at most theme park resorts you can dine in this award-winning cuisine amongst fresh cut flowers italian linens bernardo china and sambonet silverware also available at Victorian Alberts is a chef's table experience for dining right in the kitchen with the chefs on a 10-course tasting menu. Also available is the Queen Victoria Room Dinner. Here you can experience lavish dining that recalls turn-of-the-century meals in London and Paris. With no more than eight guests ever seated in this exclusive dining room complete with live harp and attended by expert waitstaff, perts, and personalized butler service, you'll think you died and went to Downton Abbey. <laughs> it's true, and and I have to I have to concede a point, and I just want to bring this up to the listener because many of you may not have been there. He he mentioned it's a five diamond restaurant. There are very few AAA five diamond restaurants. I think there's two in the entire state of Florida. And when I try to explain, you know, Disney parks, one of the things about Disney World is that there's a five diamond restaurant at Disney World next to the Magic Kingdom. And having dined there myself, there's a couple of I want to recount a couple of things. Number one, it's a seven-course dinner, right? It's a price-fixed menu, and you can do it with or without wine pairings. But it is the most exquisite experience, and it is an experience. Like I went one time. There were six of us, and the main course, which was, I don't know, it was course four or five, whatever it was. But when they brought it all out, each one of us had a, a, a server, and the meal was presented with one of those little dome cover things simultaneously like all of it was presented at once like a choreographed ballet it was amazing and i have gone a a few times and i went one time with a with a colleague his last name is stelter and he has a peanut allergy and they customized the menu specifically per person and his menu didn't have any peanuts it wasn't it wasn't possible none of the selections so like five years later I called back and I, you know, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just calling back. I'm going to make a reservation. And I, I mentioned that I was dining with everybody's name because everybody gets a personalized menu that you can take home. And I said, I'm dining with Mr. Stelter. And, and they said, is Mr. Stelter still allergic to peanuts? Wow. Like, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And there, there are more certified wine sommeliers at Disney World per capita than anywhere in the world. And every server at the, um, at, the Victorian Alberts has to be certified wine sommelier. It's phenomenal. 
Anyway, I just want to concede a point to that. You do whatever you want, Dan, but I no, want to point that yeah. out. It is a remarkable As we've determined experience. in previous episodes, if both sides agree, then absolutely. Okay. I'm just I mean, wondering I'm how you got through dinner it, without though. a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> so do, am I, do you want me to play the... the yeah, Kokomo. Yeah. Um, other awards Victoria and Alberts has received include the Forbes... Travel Guide Five Star Award, Wine Spectator's Best of Award of Excellence, James Beard Foundation nominee for Best Chef in the South, the Sante Restaurant Awards Grand Award winner, Culinary Professional of the Year, um, the Florida Trend Golden Spoon Hall of Fame Award, as well as ACF certification for Executive Chef Scott Hunnell. But if world renowned food isn't for you, you have a multitude of options to satisfy your appetite. Citrico's. Okay. Is a more moderately priced venue that features American food highlighted with Mediterranean flavors as well as an award-winning international wine list. So even if you aren't going to be over at uh, Victorian Alberts with a sommelier, you can still get an award-winning international wine list at Citricos. Um, have you ever wanted a behind-the-scenes look at how the Imagineers create the wonders of Walt Disney World? Well, yes. this exclusive opportunity to hear the stories behind the magic as you dine on mouth-watering Mediterranean specialties of Citrico's. So you can dine with an Imagineer at Citrico's. That's an option. You'll never look at the Walt Disney Parks and Resorts in the same way again after you have had dinner with an Imagineer. Hmm. Mm. Um, so I got engaged at Disney World, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, okay, I was uh-huh. torn on whether or not to give Florida well, no, wait, a... We, point for that but now that jimmy's going into another wedding story florida gets a point (laughs) (laughs) see i was worried i was worried that he was gonna put his stink on my my uh, awards (laughs) (laughs) no but what were you saying jimmy i was just gonna say the night we got engaged we had dinner at citricos and it's great that's not thank you was (laughs) yeah with was there an imagineer there in my mind (laughs) We all have our mind imagineer. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, They're called mind imagineers. In ahead. the mood for something from the sea, head on over to Narcusi's restaurant overlooking the Seven Seas Lagoon for a selection of coastal fare with spectacular panoramic views of the lagoon that also offers nightly views of the Magic Kingdom's fireworks as well as the uh, electrical water pageant. 1900 Park Fair is a more casual dining location that offers character character buffet meals and tea parties. Speaking of tea, experience a stately afternoon tea service in the British tradition at the Garden View Tea Room. And if the little princess in your family is interested, the perfectly princess morning tea offers the opportunity for little ones to have tea and visit with a Disney princess. That one got me because I I haven't done this. um, But the idea of a – I love to do a true – like a, a tea. I think that's such a great experience. Right. Um, so I love yeah. that they have that there. Yeah. And uh, Narcusis is the one that's its own little island round restaurant. Right? Yeah. It's a separate building on the. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was Narcusis that I had my <laughs> dinner with my <laughs> fiance. <laughs> She'll probably listen to this. So Thank you, it was Narcusis. Not it Citrico, wasn't Citrico. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, there's also going. the Grand Floridian Cafe. The Gasparilla Island Grill is 24-hour casual dining. Um, new to the resort is the Enchanted Rose Bar, 
This is a um, cocktail bar inspired by Beauty and the Beast, hence the Enchanted Rose theme, and offers top-notch cocktails and exquisite appetizers in this newly imagined lounge that transports you to the Beast Castle for a sparkling cocktail. Um, there's also a lounge yeah. at Citrico's. Maybe you and your new fiance had a drink there, and that's why you're so confused. It's very possible. Yeah. Um, and I think Eric said that that's where at the the Rose, the Enchanted Rose, is where he got a fifty dollar cocktail. Wow! Remember that? Anyway, doesn't matter. You got an expensive cocktail. Well, I had. Maybe he did have that there. I had a drink with Eric that was quite pricey, but I think it was only maybe like nineteen or like twenty. Three dollars, but that was called the Smoke and Roses. But that mm, wasn't that there. This is at this bourbon? is at the Dolphin. Oh, okay, that wasn't it. Okay, but I had anyway, that with him. I, I had too many. Travel <laughs> <laughs> used to. <laughs> well, I just wanted to know. I wanted everyone to know that I've had a drink with Eric. Okay, and then there are. I will just add two <laughs> more places to get a cocktail because a lot of people who listen to this network like drinks. It seems. Um, so you can have a beaches pool bar and the courtyard pool bar. Are also, other options if you want to drink outside. So those are the dining options at the Grand Floridian. And another thing that a lot of people drink around the world at Epcot, right? They do the eleven countries and get a different drink from each country. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun challenge is drinking around the monorail because there are more than eleven bars around the monorail stops between. Uh, and that that includes anything you can get at Be Our Guest Restaurant in Magic Kingdom, but you've got all the restaurant bars at all the different resorts. Fun challenge. Wonderful. As long as you rent uh, an electronic convenience vehicle. <laughs> yes. Okay. I see your fancy restaurants, and I raise you the Storyteller's Cafe, which is a character dining and buffet. This restaurant represents the library that was found in many bungalow homes. The Designers of Storytellers Cafe takes its inspiration from classic stories that take place in California. There are seven paintings around the restaurant, each representing a different story. There's The Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell, The Celebrated Jumping Frogs of Calaveras mm-hmm. County by Mark Twain, The Tale of the Awahani from Miwok Tribe, The Californians by Gertrude Atherton, The Cruise of the Dazzler by Jack London, The Mark of Zorro by Johnston McCulley, and Tortilla Flat by John Steinbeck. Around the entire restaurant are also epigrams. One of the epigrams also serves as a dedication to the designer of both Storytellers Cafe and Napa Rose, Marty Dorf. And this epitaph is, one machine can do the work of... What? Epigraph. Epitaph is something very different. Epigraph. That's right. Good point. Um, one machine can... How do you know all this, Dan? <laughs> how are you so intimate with this information? One machine can do the work of 50 ordinary men. No machine can do the work of one extraordinary man. Then there's the Napa Rose. The Napa Rose is a restaurant in Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa. It is original with the resort. The restaurant's design is inspired by Scottish Art Nouveau designer Charles Rennie McIntosh, another early arts and crafts period artisan who was known for his signature rose artwork. Napa Rose's head chef, Andrew Sutton, formerly of the Rosewood Mansion on Turtle Creek's restaurant in Dallas, was hired from Auberge de Soleil in Napa Valley, and former general manager and sommelier Michael Jordan and uh, former um, 
Chicago Bowl, <laughs> was, was hired from the Patina restaurant group. Disney hired Sutton and Jordan to, in order to raise the credibility of its food and wine program, which they did quite well. The restaurant has won multiple awards. All of the rails were hand-hammered. Napa Rose even has a signature rose, which is placed on every table for guests to enjoy. These roses are special because they do not have a scent in order to not interfere with the delicious smells of the food. Also a fun hack, you can not have a reservation, go sit at the bar and have a full meal. Yeah, that's where I've eaten. Yeah, totally. Me too. The Hearthstone Lounge is a quiet blink, blink and you'll miss it place to unwind and get a cocktail or a snack. This is really cool. So the lounge was designed after an early 1900s men's game room, which is popular in large bungalow homes at the time. Since women were not allowed in these game rooms, <clears throat> Disney made sure to make a point of inviting women into the Hearthstone Lounge. So every painting around the lounge is of a woman. There's also a carving of a woman painting a, pe- uh, painting a peacock above the bar. The peacock represents how beautiful colorings of the bird were often used as inspiration for artisans. The stained glass doors below the carving are even done in peacock colors. This is the kind of the- thing that I love about Disney and what they do. You mm-hmm. would go if you didn't know, like I would go in there and not realize that this is supposed to be a game. Right. Room. Not realize that right. the reason why all the pictures on the wall are women is because they're sort of tongue in cheek writing a, 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 a historical unfairness or wrong. Right. So um, right. I just I love that there's so many little details and like everything's meaningful. It's not just a uh, yeah. it's not a coincidence. And I think a lot of people when they they think, oh, you go to Disney, it's like, oh, what a. There's actually For a lot kids. of intelligent, um, right. you know, meaningful things there and that you can get really lost in that. And I, th- I think um, – I don't know. I think that, that that's something really special about Disney. That's why we love it. Yeah. yeah I, th- I agree. And, did you- and fundamentally, that's what this show is really intended to be yeah. is to explain to people – I thought it was about the arts. You know, <laughs> well, and the arts. Yeah. But we're you know, talking about stained glass. Jimmy, did you go through all the details of the Hearthstone Lounge or – No, I'm not okay. done yet. Uh, but thank you for that, Jeremy, and I agree. And that, that again, fundamentally, your point about detail and quality, and it's not just for kids. I mean, I think that uh, Victorian Alberts is a prime example of that. That's just it's just so much more than just for kids and families. There's just so much detail and thought that goes through everything. Yeah. So this is the coolest part: the woodwork throughout the entire Hearthstone Lounge was done using a single redwood tree. It's one tree that did all the woodwork. The redwood had fallen naturally and was auctioned off to Disney, who used the tree sparingly. The chandeliers are almost exact copies of the ones in the first Church of Christ scientists in Berkeley. Now, the chandeliers in that church had cutouts that looked very similar to hidden Mickeys, so the Imagineers made sure to include these but made them actual hidden Mickeys. That's neat. Yeah, and then finally, the GCH Craftsman Bar is a new poolside lounge open to the public featuring shareable dishes, desserts, kids' meals, craft cocktails, California wines, and craft beers, and the GCH, that's Grand California Hotel, uh, Craftsman Grill is a newly refurbished grab-and-go eatery serving as a, a variety of items from waffles and bagels to salads and burgers, and mobile ordering is available through the Disney Parks app. I think I'm ready to do some points here. I want to give Florida a Go. point just for the the volume of choices. And I think that that's 
of course it's going to be. It's, it has more space to work with, right? Um, yeah, the breadth. It should be, right? And I, But I think that the Hearthstone... <laughs> Sorry, I was a little hot with the buttons. <laughs> no worries. I think the Hearthstone, <laughs> though, does, deserves a point because of it being a story. In other words, like, you could, you know, it's a hot day, you go to get a drink from California Adventure, and you go to the Hearthstone Lounge, and bartender lays it on you that this is all from one tree right like that yeah. that is one of the things that disney does but it, just like we were saying it's one mm-hmm. of the things that they do they do best and it's great that they do it here so great. point for california for that one too animals rule you know what else i would like yeah, to say do. about the uh, hearthstone lounge i had a drink with eric yes. there <laughs> oh, tying it all and together. Jason and Taryn and the whole. Oh, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't done any of those things. We had a drink with Jeremy. Evidently, I, I, I had a drink with Jeremy. That was at the Mexican. We restaurant. did. Oh well, man. <laughs> yeah, that was, By the time right I walked out of there, I had had to, enough to drink. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, so yeah, uh, great. What else you got? With 867 regular uh, rooms plus 147 Vacation Club Villas bringing the total rooms to 1,014 rooms at Disney's Grand Floridian. Um, the rooms at 400 and, the average room at 440 square feet for the standard room, they offer much more space than the typical Disney room and to be sure are 25% larger than the 353 square foot rooms of the Grand Californian. <laughs> and if you mm. don't believe me, you can ask touringplans.com. <laughs> yeah. I believe touring. Uh, every single room has a balcony or patio, according to the Disney Parks Moms panel. Um, and also, uh, well, I'm, now I won't include this next one, but uh, you were mentioning USB ports also uh, since the renovation at the Grand Floridian. They also offer USB ports. Right. Um, and then, th- I mean, that's really it. There, there's, there's balconies. They're appointed in the same Victorian furnishings that match back to the lobby. It's all a very consistent theme, but that's the rooms. They're the big the big selling point here is they're bigger. Now, did I hear you yeah. correctly that they are the biggest of Disney rooms just across the board? Uh, so s- surely there's a suite at another right, hotel right, that's right. bigger, but the standard room here that's the biggest one that Disney offers. Okay, I think that deserves a point. Because if you're spending all the money, regardless of where you go, yeah, you know, because I would imagine the clientele at California is the same clientele as at Floridian, you know, the same kind of similar price points, right? Well, so if you're going to spend the money, yeah, and I'm just thinking, I mean, you know, regular listeners to the show, I know that I don't necessarily believe that bigger is always better, but like biggest, that's noteworthy, you know? Yeah. Uh, the Grand Californian has uh, 1,019 rooms, according to touringplans.com. More rooms. Oh, man. Space. Five more rooms over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, you know you what? may have Let's, bigger rooms. Let's that. give that a point. More rooms? <laughs> sure, why not? Sweet. Animals rule. <laughs> Animals do rule. There are, and there is a vacation club there. There's 50 two-bedroom equivalent rooms in the, grand, in the vacation club. Just a side note. There's got to be a vacation club at, at Florida, right? Yeah, he's yeah, 147. Okay. Yep. All right, you're next. Recreation, things to do besides oh, the parks. <laughs> I think I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, I, this will come as a shock to you, but they have something there called the Wedding Pavilion. 
<laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> I can't believe it. You can get married at Disney's Grand Floridian. Of course, you can get married at the Grand Californian as well. But overlooking the Magic Kingdom with Cinderella Castle as your backdrop, this uh, white wedding pavilion with its red roof that matches back to the rest of the hotel is a delight. Um, it also features two pools. The beach pool consists of 111,000-gallon pool that overlooks the Seven Seas Lagoon and boasts a 180-foot-long water slide along cascading waterfalls and zero-depth entry. Zero-depth entry, for those of you who don't know, is like, when you, is like you go in and on beach. There's no, like, step. Yeah, just, like an infinity yeah, pool. Just, well, no, but it grad, you gradually walk No, no, it's not in. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Got walking it. bridge over the pool provides a picturesque spot for reflection or taking pictures. And I'll just, you know, as an added tidbit, the water slide at Californian is 90 feet long, not 181. <laughs> the courtyard pool. Don't get also, greedy, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, this is, it's just really, it's informative. That's really all this is. Right, right. I just yes, want people right. to be aware. Right. For the, for the listener. Um, the courtyard pool also features zero depth entry, a whirlpool, and offers a more serene experience because the, um, kids' splash zone and sandy play area are found in the larger beach pool. Um, so you tend to get a little bit less kids. tends to be a little bit quieter mm-hmm. experience. Um, Disney's Grand Floridian features a white sand beach. Specialty cruises around the Seven Seas Lagoon. Motorized boat rentals for your own personal use around the lagoon. Movies under the stars. Fishing excursion. Grills. A gaming arcade. A basketball court. A one-mile-long jogging trail, a fitness center, Grand Floridian campfires, nightly views of the electrical electrical water pageant on the Seven Seas Lagoon, a dedicated monorail stop, a business center, center, and the Senses Day Spa and Salon. Lots to do. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cause I'll tell you what, okay. uh, the Grand Californian. Has a fitness center, and it seems to be thoughtfully designed a little bit more so than the Grand Floridian, which has been characterized by Oyster.com as the Grand Floridian is one of the few Disney hotels with a full-service spa. It's also home to the hotel's 24-hour fitness center, a dinky gym that looks more like a fitness room from an airport <laughs> hotel. Uh, that's all I got on that. The pool. All right. So both gardens and forests have ponds. So that is what the pool area is designed to look like. Inspiration was taken from the Gamble House in Pasadena. You may have heard that before. This beautiful bungalow-style home was built in 1908 and has a gorgeous backyard pond. The Gamble House exterior, for those of you who are Back to the Future fans, was used as Doc Brown's home in Back to the Future. Mm. I just watched that. There is a mosaic. Yeah. There's a mosaic sundial on the pool side of the gate that features poppies. And California State Flower. These poppies are in full bloom because they are outside in the sun. The sundial actually works. Hmm. And <laughs> well, that's not hard. You can, watch. can you get a boat? You stick it in the sun. <laughs> can you get point. a boat that you can take on downtown Disney Lake? Uh. <laughs> There's a viewing patio on the sixth floor uh, for World of Color. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about that I for know, I recreation? I feel like when you have a, a hotel and a theme park and said theme park has a World of Color, like, you just kind of build a door, right? 
Well, there's an entrance to the park. Are you gonna are you gonna are you what gonna you chew, chew that that point up on this one? Okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm holding that one. Back okay. pocket. Okay. Uh, Grand Floridian for more stuff to do that isn't a theme park clearly gets the point. Aruba, Jamaica. What's the current score? Because I've got six more pages. <laughs> you always have six of, more pages. <laughs> of, and by pages, I mean thoughts right. in my mind. So, well, I know those down. listeners who are fans of the segment Jimmy Grasps at Straws, um, I'm sure <laughs> they're, they're going to be delighted. Uh, right now, California has three points and Florida has six. Ooh. Uh, what else you got? You're next, Jeremy. Um, well, you know, we know that the Beach Boys filmed Kokomo there. I don't know that that's point <laughs> I mean, worthy, that's but point I have right to there. just say it. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm at the end. I will say that the TripAdvisor Traveler rating is four and a half stars, whereas Grand Californian's uh, TripAdvisor rating is four stars. Um, and this is also just an, another thing because I think this is something as, that's growing on all of our minds as we um, just it's, – it's something that we're more aware of every day and that this is a certified green lodge under the Florida State Certification Ooh. Program. So you can feel good about interesting um, that they're doing a lot of things to be environmentally friendly and sustainable. Do, uh, do you know – if the, does that mean it's like zero footprint or is it just generally more green? I don't think that it's zero. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look. I don't know that. Jimmy, you got anything there? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, I, I'll have to research it for past show. But just in the interest of being a completist, uh, for those of you who may be yelling at your phones on the recreation, there's a also a spa at Grand Californian. Um, and, all right, I, I was holding off, okay? Each room has Wi-Fi access. Uh, yes, same. <laughs> okay, so okay. Florida now gets a point smart TVs. for uh, smart TVs. Green because uh, I like finishing. Oh yeah, green. it should. <laughs> oh. It should. Well, you got six pages. Get good. Let's guess, hear it. If those are uh, like points, you're uh, good. Steps away. You know, twenty-four uh, hour room service. Yes. Dedicated port cochere is available for group arrivals. What even is that? (laughs) (laughs) Business center. Uh Yes. Uh, High-tech presentation amenities, including remote control lighting and projection, premier sound systems, ceiling recess screens, satellite ups and down links, and more. I really thought that you were going to go with remote control TV. That's... Remote control TV. They have those suits. <laughs> Color TV. No. Air conditioning. Jimmy, do they have air conditioning? There's air conditioning. <laughs> State of the art. Remote controlled air conditioning. You know, convention space. Not for nothing. We, bo- we both have air conditioning. Go to Disneyland oh. Paris. They do not. Ooh. They don't? Some of the Is resorts right? at Disneyland Paris uh. do not have air conditioning. I've only stayed in uh, the Disneyland Paris Hotel, which it was cold, so I didn't check. That Um, one has it. And I've stayed in the Newport. The Newport has it. Yeah, and their version of Wilderness Lodge, which I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, is Sequoia, Sequoia, which I've stayed there. Um, And New York, New York do. But when you go to their moderate ones, no AC. (laughs) I was there in September to run a race, and it was hot, and I couldn't sleep. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. man, so, that's not a good time to so not you do sleep. Have to, it's you know it is worth pointing out when things are air conditioned. Although Florida, you could, I mean, could you ever imagine oh if there wasn't air no. conditioning? No, or, color, or California. Maybe like right. six weeks out of the year. Wait, so the the biggest point, and I, I'm kind of being silly because I think we've kind of come to a conclusion. But the fact is, there is a dedicated entrance from this hotel into That's Disney big. California Adventure. Yes, that is a point. Animals rule. I just wanted to um, also say I, I, that I, I, was... I also travel. <laughs> oh, thanks. How's Seven Eleven these days? It's doing great. Um, and. Soon, which we referenced in another show, there will be a way to walk to the Magic Kingdom from the Grand, Flor- Grand Floridian, but currently there is not a way to walk to the Grand Floridian That's right. from Disney or from Magic Kingdom, but it will. Uh, okay, so um, I think that's all I got. Okay. Yeah. So, Dan? Well, uh, yeah. with a pretty impressive and let's say cute four points uh <laughs> <laughs> disney's grand california adventure park lodge resort uh has four four points like i said and the florida gets seven is what that is oh wow i should have thought wow, it's a decisive victory uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, quite. Yeah, the Grand Floridian. <clears throat> I think to to the earlier point, the Grand Californian. I think does uh, intimate better, but that's just the design of the architecture. So it feels more homey and cozy when you walk in. But yeah, just I mean, just the way it uses its size, the Grand Floridian, the way it uses it's in the and the um, sort of the between. You can go to opulent and you can go to casual fare, and it's kind of there's something for everyone. And you can just walk around the resort and be engaged in the gingerbread house. And there's there's all kinds of – I think both resorts are great for what they do. But I, I agree that Grand Floridian ekes it out a little bit more. And it is the Supreme Grand Hotel and the Grand um, – Flagship? What's the word? The yeah. uh, Flagship well, Hotel. I don't yeah. know if 7 to 4 is ekes, <laughs> but fine. Well, I mean just – Squeaked. Well, I think too that like I it's uh, only to say that a bucket list item was for them to stay at the Grand Floridian. You would say, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. If someone said a bucket list yes. item is to stay at the Grand Californian, you would probably be like, you know, there's that other one, right? Like, <laughs> that's, that's, cool. that's cool. That's a really a, succinct. That's a really succinct way of putting yeah. it. Because yes, I agree. agree. That's a yeah. I never thought of it that like, way. You wouldn't think right. they were outright crazy. You would just be like, "That's a little weird." Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 You don't get out much. Yeah. It's, it's peculiar. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, and that bucket is very, very shallow. <laughs> um, you can find us on Instagram occasionally. I need to do better so can Papa do Jason this, doesn't this, get mad. This one for you. Everyone, Jimmy yes. is learning how to do Instagram, and it is yeah, a delight yeah. to watch. Uh, it's and yes, and he needs to get good at it because if he doesn't do it, then I will have to. So please, everybody, <laughs> go to your pick up part your of the phone reason right I'm not getting now. good at it <laughs> <laughs> and what, follow the follow? Supreme Resort on Instagram and. On Insta, Insta and watch as our resident boomer Jimmy <laughs> learns <laughs> how to be a millennial. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm working very hard. I posted twice in a row last week, and I got in trouble for doing too much at once, and I haven't done it since. Join our Facebook group where you can get access to information. Uh, Dan does a Wednesday check-in, which is really fun. There's a lot of great information. We have a, a Disney employee that is posting some specific, unique things. We have game nights. We're doing game nights occasionally. It's a lot of fun. It's a Zoom call where you, we get on and play games. Uh, with our our listeners and hosts and of the clear, network, we want you to come and play the game with us. Yes, please. Yes, don't don't just watch. Although you may have to, I'll depending on how many people come. So, <laughs> yeah, he will. He's got a fancy yeah. Ethernet cable now, so he has to run the show. But uh, yes, check out the game nights, and you can contact uh, Jeremy at Spectro underscore Radio for both Twitter and Instagram. You can email us Jimmy at earsup podcast dot com. Dan at ears up hyphen podcast.com. Like and subscribe, review just like Star uh, Sourdough, but still a very nice comment. And uh, thank you both for your time. And uh, yeah, can I just say that you can also visit spectroradio.us and listen to Disney music? And I relaunched the website today. It's brand new, it looks gorgeous. I hope you love it. Ooh, fancy. And you can listen to Little <laughs> Bernard Shirley. You can listen to – what did I hear? I heard something else today. It must have been from – anyway. It's wonderful. I listen to Spectral Radio all the time. It's a great way to get that escape, to be in the parks or if you like Disney movies. It's it's a really great forum for all of that. So please go to spectralradio.us. And until next time, be good to each other. Be safe. And we'll see and- you – and we're going to play you out oh, with yeah. Big Beautiful tomorrow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, he's doing it. Bachelor's degree in music composition. <laughs> Man has a dream, and that's the star. He follows his dream, that's not. <laughs> you have sheet music. That's cheating. <laughs> every day. There's a great big Oh, that's it. No, actually, I did play that one day. Thanks, everybody. And put on Instagram, but I awesome. have since I forgotten it. how to play it. Uh, well, good job. Thanks, everybody. Take care of each other. Bye. Bye. Bye.